Hey everyone, this is Amanda Moore from the Angelman Syndrome Foundation, and you're listening to the ASF Podcast, the show that explains everything you want to know about Angelman Syndrome. We're so excited you're here, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the very first Angelman Syndrome Foundation podcast. We are incredibly excited to have this platform as we know that we need to be able to reach our families in so many different ways because we're all incredibly busy. And so I'm really excited that we're able to record these to be able to continue to provide education, resources, and support for those um, living with Angelman Syndrome. So for those of you that are new to the Angelman Syndrome world. My name is Amanda Moore, and I am the CEO of the Angelman Syndrome Foundation, and I'm incredibly honored and humbled to be able to say that. So just a little bit about me before we get started. Um, I think the most important thing for people who are listening to know is that I myself have a child with Angelman Syndrome. I have twin boys, Baden and Jackson, And Jackson, who is um, seven, has Angelman syndrome. He's deletion positive, which we'll talk a little bit more about what the heck deletion positive means. But um, so, yeah, so this is really important work for me. And this really means something. um, And I'm honored to wake up every day and be able to support families in the way that we that we do um, here in the Moore household. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about our journey to find diagno- um, to find the diagnosis because I know that's one thing that if you're um, new to Angelman syndrome, if you think that your child may have Angelman syndrome, the one thing that you'll hear a lot from the community is trying to get that diagnosis of Angelman syndrome can often be um, a, a hard journey for our families, and it definitely was for our my family. You know, Jackson and Baden were born at 36 weeks, no complications, whereas, uh, you know, in the hospital for 48 hours and we were home. No sign that anything was wrong or that anything was going to be wrong. Um, The first couple months obviously were hard because they're twins and they didn't want to sleep. We did have some issues with feeding with Jackson. But um, once again, because he was a twin, a lot of doctors said, hey, this is kind of normal. Let's just kind of wait out and see what happens. And um, so we did. And around, I think, two or three months, we started noticing that he wasn't developing like his his little brother, Baden, which was really great for us that we had a carbon copy of what development should look like um, in Baden and um, noticed that Jackson wasn't doing that. And so we started you know, asking the pediatrician, hey, what's going on? And the excuse that we always got was he is a twin. He's, you know, may develop slowly um, and at a different pace. So let's just keep an eye on it. Luckily enough, our pediatrician was really great and said, but let's go ahead and get him into some therapies. So we started physical therapy and OT therapy, I believe around five or six months, if I remember correctly. It's hard to remember now. I should have written it all down, and I'm sure I did somewhere, but um, life gets busy, and I'm sure that it's it's buried somewhere. But we started um, physical therapy and OT therapy, and still we're asking a lot of questions um, and demanding you know, tests be ran. And so they did EEGs, EKGs, MRIs, 
everything outside of a genetic test because they kept coming back and saying he's a twin. He's going to develop later. And if anything, we think he may be on the spectrum and we won't test for that until he's three. So you're just going to have to wait. We're doing everything we can by putting him in therapies. So just continue to work through that. So we did. um, And when he was two, he spiked a fever one weekend and um, he had a typical ear infection like he did a lot. And I took him to the urgent care and the doctor at the urgent care walked in and looked right at him and said, your son just had a seizure. You need to take him to Riley. And of course, I was dumbfounded because I had no clue what a seizure looked like. The only thing I knew about seizures was that the grand mal seizures where they're shaking and convulsing and he wasn't doing that. He was just kind of staring out in space and we just thought that he didn't feel well. Um, so we rushed him to Riley and sure enough, he was having seizures. And that was the first time a doctor finally said, let's do some genetic testing. And so um, we were in the hospital for two days, um, you know, just trying to get his seizures under control. And of course, freaking out and panicking as a parent, not knowing what this was going to be. And that's when we heard for the first time, the term Angelman syndrome, our doctor said very clearly, do not go on Google, don't type it in, go straight to the Angelman syndrome foundation. And that's where you can find a lot of information about what Angelman syndrome is. So of course, you know, being who I am and never listening to what anyone tells me to do, apparently I Googled it and immediately freaked out. Um, I remember, um, being at Riley and it was in the middle of the night and Jackson had finally fallen asleep and my husband was sleeping on the floor and I was sleeping on a very small couch and looked it up and saw that my son would never walk, talk, love, do anything on his own basically is what Google told me. I did not go straight to the Angelman Syndrome Foundation like I should have. So I panicked and you know lost it without even having the confirmation that this is what it was it was hard to deny that this is what my son had. I A lot of people will tell you they can remember distinctly when they got the results and got their news about or heard Angelman syndrome for the first time. And I did. I panicked. Um, and I can remember the smell of the hospital room still. I can remember what Jackson was wearing. I literally had an out-of-body experience. I can remember looking down at me holding Jackson Adam asking the questions that needed to be asked because I was completely terrified and out of it and just losing it um, when we got the diagnosis. Uh, We came home, brought Jackson home and started sharing some of the news with our family. Um, I grieved a lot. I um, took quite a few days off of work. Remember crying a lot in the shower. Remember feeling like this can't be our life. We worked so, so hard to start our family. Uh, Just a little side note, we, my husband and I tried to have kids for about four years on our own and did everything possible and it just didn't work. So we moved to the adoption route and we're incredibly blessed to be given these two sweet boys by by amazing birth parents who made such a sacrifice to let us start our family, to give us that opportunity. And I remember when we got diagnosed feeling so angry that the 
kind of the idea that we had for our family was now changed again. It kept having to change and I didn't understand why that was happening. And so I allowed myself to grieve, but the type of person that I am, my grief turns into if I don't do something, if I don't keep myself active in this fight, I will lose myself in the grief. So I reached out finally to the Angelman Syndrome Foundation, I think a week after diagnosis and said, what can I do? I want to find something that's going to better the life of my child. I want to support others that are getting this diagnosis. What can I do? And that's when I joined the board. So just a little bit about me and obviously the odyssey of trying to find that diagnosis. If you are out there thinking, you know, my, my, I think my child has this push, push, push for that genetic testing. That's the only way to really confirm is through that genetic testing. And, you know, even five, six years ago when we were diagnosed, I don't know why it was so hard for people just to do a genetic test at the very beginning. We asked for it several times and they just didn't feel like it was needed. So push for that genetic test um, as much as you can. Are you struggling to find a doctor who really understands your loved one with Angelman syndrome? As a parent of a child with AS, I know firsthand how frustrating that can be. That's why we have established ASF Clinics by partnering with leading medical and research institutions to provide expert, comprehensive, and evidence-based medical care dedicated to individuals with Angelman syndrome. We know access to specialized care is essential for your loved one to thrive. We have 23 locations in the United States, six globally, and with many more to come. Find a clinic near you at angelman.org slash clinics. So I wanted to, at least in this first podcast, introduce myself to you all, but also just for those of you that are listening that may be wondering what Angelman syndrome is, um, you know, what could this be something that my child has? If you're listening, um, just do a brief kind of overhaul um, on just the basics of what Angelman syndrome is. Uh, in future episodes, you're going to learn way more about the genetics of Angelman syndrome. You'll learn about the clinical treatment, so how to treat seizures, how to um, maybe use the diet um, for a possible um, route for seizure um, treatment. You're going to hear from IEP specialists, communication specialists. You'll hear about um, constipation issues. We're gonna we're gonna get as many people on here to give you all as many resources to help you through this journey. So the first episode, I just wanted to for those that are out there that are listening that think you know, hey, my child may have Angelman syndrome. The basic basic definition of Angelman syndrome is that it is a rare neurogenetic disorder that occurs in one in 15,000 live births that we can that we know of. The hard part about Angelman syndrome is that it's really hard to say how many people in the world have Angelman syndrome. A lot have not been diagnosed. Those who may have been diagnosed with Angel or who may have Angelman syndrome but are older may have been misdiagnosed with with autism or cerebral palsy. You know, Angelman syndrome was only diagnosed a little over 30, 30 something years ago. So this is still a pretty new rare disease. And so there are a lot of people out there that may have it that we just don't know about. So we say it occurs in about one in 15,000 live births. Um, it's caused basically by a loss of function of the UBE3A gene in the 15th chromosome. And it's derived from the mother. So when we get into the genetics talk of all, we'll talk more about that. 
but that's basically what is happening is that loss of the function of the UBE3A. Angelman syndrome does share some symptoms and characteristics with other disorders for sure, like autism, cerebral palsy, and Prader-Willi syndrome. Um, you know, due to this, there's a lot of times where misdiagnosis occurs, and that's why it's really important to have that genetic testing. You know, some some overall characteristics of Angelman syndrome, um, they have developmental delays for sure that usually are noticed around six to 12 months. Some other common signs and symptoms usually appear in early childhood, like walking and balancing disorders. Jackson started walking right before his third birthday, and he does great. He sometimes walks like a drunken sailor, as I like to say, but he does walk and does really well. And, um, and PT is critical. It's critical to helping make that happen. But walking and balancing disorders can be an issue. Gastro issues, a lot of constipation, a lot of GERD, especially early on. I know Jackson was on GERD medicine um, for at least the first year of life, but constipation is a daily issue in our house. Um, and and usually our kids have um, a little to no speech. So they 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 communicate in different ways. I hate to say that they don't have a voice because they do. We use a lot of individuals with Angelman syndrome use um, augmentative communication. So iPads, um, picture boards, signing different ways to, that they communicate. Jack, my my little boy Jackson does say mama, and he does make some sounds. Um, but uh, another other uh, other thing that is really noticeable in Angelman syndrome is they have a really hard time sleeping. For the first three or four years of Jackson's life, I felt like he didn't sleep at all. Um, it's definitely much better and controlled now, but a lot of our kids have a lot of issues um, of sleeping. But, you know, to, despite these these um, symptoms, people with Angelman syndrome have like the best overall happy deme demeanor. Now, it doesn't mean that they're happy all the time. Sometimes that drives me crazy when people are like, oh, but he's so happy all the time. Um, and, you know, the one thing I've noticed about Jackson is he doesn't really understand pain tolerance sometimes. And he is happy a lot. He is a very sweet boy. He shows love in a way that no other kid I know shows. Um, but, uh, you know, there are times where he struggles and usually it's because he's trying to communicate something. He's not feeling well and he's trying to tell us, but for the most part, they're very excited and they have this just beautiful, happy demeanor about themselves. Their, their, their smile will definitely, definitely light up a room. Uh, and, and it's one of the things that, man, I, I just love so much about Jackson is that, um, every time I walk in the room, it's like the first time I've ever walked in the room. He's so happy to see me. Um, he doesn't know a stranger and he loves in a way that is just incredibly beautiful. Um, so that's, that's really a high level about, about Angelman syndrome. And so I would encourage anyone who is listening right now that if any of these things are happening, if there is a, you know, development delay, if you're having a horrible time with sleep, if you're seeing stomach issues, um, you can also kind of tell by some of the facial characteristics as well. And you can check that out on our website. We'll talk a little bit about that in future cast, but um, definitely feel free to always reach out to the Angelman Syndrome Foundation. Even if you don't have a diagnosis, we're here to help you and support you. We have someone that will answer the phone um, Monday through Friday from eight to five. You can always reach out through Facebook. You can always email or call me. I tend to give out my information across uh, across all platforms, but you can get online. 
um, and we can talk you through it and we can help get you access to genetic testing if that's the question that you have. And for those of you that already have that diagnosis, um, in, in a future webcast we'll talk or podcast, we'll talk more about the services here at the foundation. But the biggest thing to know is that our goal here and our mission at the Angelman Syndrome Foundation is to really support families from the time that they're diagnosed until the one day that we can find a cure and find a therapeutic treatment that will help inc- improve the quality of life of our sweet individuals with Angelman Syndrome. But we do that in three different ways. One, just through family support, through resources, through conferences, through our family fund, through counseling, through many webinars, whatever it may be. If you have a question about Angelman syndrome, you will be able to find it at the Angelman Syndrome Foundation through our family support. We also have a massive clinical network. Our clinical net, we have about 25 clinics here in the United States, eight globally. And the goal of that network is that the one thing you'll find about Angelman syndrome is when you go to any typical doctor, a lot of times they haven't treated someone with Angelman syndrome before. So you're doing a lot of the education instead of being educated. So these clinics were created that anyone with a child with Angelman syndrome can go and get access to clinical care to people who understand Angelman syndrome that can treat Angelman syndrome and that can help you through that journey. So you can learn more about that on our website, but we'll also have future podcasts. And then um, um, last, uh, we our last pillar is research. We um, we have funded close to fourteen to fifteen million dollars of research um, in the past thirty years, and we'll continue to do that to find um, find viable treatments to be able to, like I said, in- improve the quality of life of our children, and hopefully one day be able to find a cure for those living with Angelman syndrome. And so that's just kind of an overview. Uh, you can go to our website, which is super easy, angelman.org. We're also on Facebook. If you look up Angelman Syndrome Foundation, there are plenty and multiple ways to get in contact with us. And so we want to be here for you no matter what. So if you're listening to this, you're newly diagnosed, or you are thinking you might have a, uh, your child may have an um, Angelman Syndrome, reach out and let us help you. I always tell my families there are far more better days with my sweet, sweet Jackson living with Angelman syndrome than there are bad. When I got the diagnosis, I honestly felt like it was a death sentence and I'm being completely transparent and open with you because I didn't know. I didn't know what was out there. I didn't know the the research that is happening and the people that are in the space that are working so hard for our kids. And it's not a death sentence. It's just a new, a new life for us that we never dreamed of. And what Jackson has taught me through having this rare disease is something that I would have never learned if he and Angelman syndrome didn't come into our life. He is the most loving, compassionate, inclusive, hardworking. He has so much tenacity. Uh, I mean, he, his perseverance is unbelievable and we can learn so much from these amazing individuals. And so if you're listening now and feel a little despair, please don't, but also it's okay. It's okay to feel mad and angry and grieve this because it is, it's hard, but we are here to support you through that journey. And if there's anything we can do, please reach out. But 
stay tuned because we have plenty of podcasts that will be loaded. We're going to work on loading these as, as quickly as we, as we can and get them out there. But I just want to do a really quick one to introduce you to the podcast, introduce you to the Angelman Syndrome Foundation, introduce you to what Angelman Syndrome is, and just tell you all how much we love you here at the foundation and look forward to working with you. I need to come up with a, a really cool tagline to to sign off of each one of these podcasts. So maybe if you're listening, you can come up with a cool one for me. But for now, I'll tell you that thank you for listening. And we look forward to seeing you at the next one. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the ASF podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support us, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating or review. And please don't forget to subscribe.